0: What's up and welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by Bet Online. My name is Sam Dracula. Raymond Felton is with me. Raymond, how are you? I'm good. Another day. Another day. Yeah, another day. Thank you all so much for checking out the podcast. We're here every week, every Monday, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Tobacco Road, Sports Radio, YouTube. Tell your friends, leave a rating, subscribe, all that stuff make sure you don't miss an episode we're coming back pretty quickly we had an episode friday um last friday um so go check that out if you haven't hit it already but uh we're back to talk some hornets basketball and some bobcats basketball as well as some unc basketball in this episode before we dive into all that we'll take a quick break football might be over for this season but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops Head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and and UFC odds right to your favorite Olympic events from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. So at this stage, right, the Hornets eight seed in the Eastern Conference. Since we last recorded, uh, they played the Spurs, beat the Spurs. Uh, Hornets on a two-game win streak. You know, <laughs> things you like to see. You know, trending upwards. Tuesday they play the Nets at home here in Charlotte. A battle for the eight seed. Um, Nets and the Hornets are tied, thirty-two and thirty-three. Raymond, what do you think about that matchup? Uh, Hornets versus the Nets coming up tomorrow as we're recording this. It's
1: a big game. It's a playoff game. It's one of those games that you live for. You know, you is already preparing yourself for the postseason. You know, a team that's basically has the same record. And I figure whoever wins this game, probably going to really solidify that that eighth spot. So, um, big game, man, big game. I wish this, I wish the Charlotte team was, um, you know, all the way healthy, mm-hmm. you know, for this particular game. But at the same time, you know, they still are getting guys back, have a lot of key guys back already. Um, and it should be interesting. You know, might be a game I might go check out.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, I I think I may be going. Um... A friend of mine, uh, he, a, he likes to write off tickets as business expenses. <laughs> so he's like, hey, you want to go to a game? Like, oh, yes, I do. I'm going to be in the building for that tomorrow. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, you mentioned the health. Uh, so we got some positive news from Jalen McDaniels, who's been out for almost two months now. He's doing work and practice again. Uh, he's listed as questionable now, which from being out, listed as out for so long, questionable is a positive thing. We're moving around right in the right direction with that. Uh, Gordon Hayward, he's out of the walking boot, making progress. Long, I think, you know, much different timetable for him versus McDaniels. But, you know, this team has been playing very well uh, since the All-Star break, three and two in that time. Uh, top 10 in the NBA in both offensive and defensive ratings. Seventh overall in net rating. Uh, credit to Sam Perley for those stats. So you know the the All Star break seemed to have come to, to have come at a good time, for the squad. And now we're just, we're going to keep talking about health. Oh, that's going to be the main contributing factor because we're at the point of the season. You know, I know they signed Isaiah Isaiah Thomas to a ten day, but you're kind of the roster's pretty locked at this point. So you got to rock with what you have, mm-hmm. going going the rest of the way with um I think 17 games left. So it's going to come quick, and other teams are in the same boat too. We're we'll all be struggling. Like, Jared Allen, I think, just got hurt, too. So, like, yeah. guys, it's going to become, like, a a war of attrition as you enter this this final stretch. What kind of key things, like, would we play – like, as a player, are you looking just to maintain and kind of peak at the right time? Because, um, you know, we got the playoffs around the corner. Like, what, what's kind of, like kind of the mindset going into, like, the final stretch here of
1: the regular season? The, the mindset is definitely to try to stay healthy, try not to get hurt. But – I feel like when you plan playing to not get hurt, you get hurt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you're playing, careful. So you just got to go out there and play and just trust, trust God, trust yourself, trust the basketball gods that, you know, nothing happens to you. Nothing, you know, happens to any of your teammates and just, you know, just stay the course. You know, it's it's unfortunate that things like that happen. People get hurt, people get injured, some more severe than others. And you know, just like you said, Jerry Allen just went down with a fractured, a fractured finger, hand, whatever it was. So you know, he's out for a while now. So I mean, things happen, man. Things that you can't you can't prepare for. And it's just one of those things where you just you just gotta say next man up. You know, the next guy got to step into that place and fulfill that void until he's able to get back, if he's able to get back. And the same thing with Charlotte, you know. Gordon Hayward is out, been out for a minute. Other guys got to step up and fill that void until he's able to come back, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, they look good so far, you know, when they last two. Got a real big one coming up, you know, tomorrow night. So, Mm -hmm. you know, see, hope those guys is getting getting some rest right now and getting their mind right to come out for an extremely dogfight because, you know this team just lost the game too, so they're coming in ready to play and coming and try to try to win. So they got to be ready, and they they are starting to get healthy themselves as well. So it's going to be a great game. Like I said, it's a game that I I think I might want to go see live.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think a lot of people are kind <clears> of <throat> on the same boat. Like, oh man, this is these games I think are 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 must see on TV or in the building uh, the rest of the way. Uh, especially when you look at we got the Celtics after that a team that's really flipped the switch post all-star like what they've been doing defensively has been next level uh the Damn. pelicans have turned the corner in a big way um uh, that's my know. sleeper right there <laughs> yeah. um the Th- thunder are no joke either um hornets have struggled against the hawks mavs pelicans again so it gets, it gets it's there are no easy games the rest of the way here so you got to capitalize especially the games at home because i would think so um I, I like I like this team's chances at home against anybody in the league, but let alone we got to see what we'll see what happens with it. But yeah, I, what about the Pelicans stands out to you? You mentioned in are sleepers.
1: Um, just the way they've been playing, they've yeah. been playing extremely extremely hard defensively. They've been playing together. I think CJ really came yeah. in and really fit with those guys. He fit with Brandon, and just they've been playing well off each other. You know, they they're they're doing a good job played as a one two punch like I, I don't know they playing some of the best basketball in the second half that you know that you can put them up there with any other team who's playing who's being successful right now they've won some games they beat some good teams too so you know you got to give them some credit
0: yeah uh 10 they're a 10 seed right now again hornets fans we need them in the playoffs so we get their pick all right keep that in mind uh <laughs> yeah it's um it's interesting i'm 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 really happy with the interest level and the, the storylines going into this, because even with the Pelicans, uh, Zion is back with the team. Like he's, he, he looked like he's going to be not on these return anytime soon, but I saw a report that he's no longer re- like re- rehabbing, recovering away from the team. So he may be nearing and on the court um, a reemergence. So that's going to be interesting. A Pelicans with a fresh Zion is kind of scary when you think about it. Um, so we'll see. We'll, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think there's a lot, a lot of a lot of boxes need to be checked before that happens, and then you know, <laughs> well you know we we'll, can we'll, we'll keep it to Duke UNC in a second. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that in a second. Um, I'm gonna go back to Saturday uh, because you know the Hornets played uh, the Spurs Saturday night at the same time in Uptown, Charlotte FC. I know this is not a soccer podcast, but I think it's a, I think it's worth noting just for the Charlotte sports significance. we uh, had its home opener. The Charlotte FC had its uh, home opener against uh, the LA Galaxy. Um, It was an incredible thing. Uh, I was in in the building for that, 74,000 people in Bank of America Stadium. um, Sold out. Uh, It was incredible atmosphere. That place, for 90 minutes, wanted badly to celebrate something. And it's a brand new team. And it's clear, they're clearly not ready uh, to compete with the better teams in the league. But you could tell, like, there's, 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 there's hints of things there. And the fan base is, go, is, try, is doing its best to like, will it into existence. Like, the tailgates were popping. Uh, the crowds was, were singing, especially the national anthem. There were some audio issues early <laughs> on. I, I know the game was on Fox, but I don't know if it came through, um, the, the broadcast. But, yeah, uh, the, the audio kicked right after, like, oh, say, can you see, basically. <laughs> and the, the whole building joined in. I had goosebumps. So it was actually pretty cool thing to be part of. Fireworks let off. Uh, Steve Smith was like the honorary captain. Uh, Jimmy Johnson walked the team out. So, like, they're doing their best to, like, ingratiate themselves in the sports scene in Charlotte as the new kids on the block. Um, so it's a cool thing to see. You know, one, one, another, another thing for Charlotte sports fans to at least pay attention to. You may not want to go to every game or watch them on TV or whatever, but. I encourage anyone out there, if you're even a little bit interested in Charlotte FC, go check it out. It's, it's a good time, you won't regret it. It's two hours, worst case, it's two hours then you're out of there. Like, that's the good thing about soccer. There's no overtime. Like, you can budget two hours in your day and you can go home. <laughs> um, have you have you been to a, a soccer game before?
1: Never, never, honestly. So I think that's something I'm gonna have to go check out for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, if anyone was with Charlotte FC, Contact Raymond Felton. Get, get, him, get him in the Steve Smith seat. <laughs> they, a, they put Steve Smith in a crown, like in, like in a throne. They gave him like a crown. Like, I, think, I don't know what they did oh, to kick like things off. But yeah, he was on the that's big board. He was like that's the uh, honorary, like uh, I don't know what it, they called it, but it was cool. It was a good presentation. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> hook up Raymond Felton, man. Uh, <laughs> so um, at the same time, um, as the Charlotte FC game, as the Hornets Spurs game, Duke UNC, what's going on? All right, (laughs) Coach K, last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, UNC Tar Heels spoil things, to say the least. Uh, Raymond, what are your thoughts?
1: (laughs) I mean, I mean, you you know, I'm extremely happy, buddy. (laughs) Nah, man, you know, hey, listen. I'm I'm glad my boys won. Hey, listen, I'm 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 a Tar Heel. I'm Tar here to the day I die. So you know, I'm definitely extremely happy that my boys got that win. You know, you know they beat us. They beat us in the, in the Smith Center. So you know, we had to come down there. You know, and get our face back. You know, they played they played a great game. They played together. You know, they fought hard. They played Carolina basketball. That's what I love to see. Now on the flip side, I have to give my respect to to Coach K. You know, he's definitely one of the best coaches to do it. Um and just what he's done over the years, what he's done for that program, for that school, is nothing but amazing. And you got to give respect when the respect is due. You know, I know a lot of Carolina fans might be like, what are you talking about, Raymond? Hey, listen, I give respect yeah. at the end of the day, no matter what, no matter who, no matter where the school is, who's at the school, it don't even matter. I give respect to players. I give respect to coaches. And he's definitely by far, you know, one of the best coaches to ever coach this game, and it was an honor to play against him, play against his teams, just to uh, be in his presence. You know, what I'm saying so. All respect to Coach K. You know, th- to his career. You know, him being a Hall of Famer, him to go down as one of the best coaches to do it. You know, what I'm saying so. Definitely, must respect to you, Coach K. Nice. I think it's well said.
0: That's well said. <laughs> I, you, yeah, you, that's the with sports, you compete against people as and. The, you, it matters because you respect them, right? Like it. it no, of course. So. It, if you don't, there's no, there's no satisfaction in beating somebody you don't respect. Like it, it
1: adds <sighs> to the whole thing. I mean, at the end of the day, like I tell people all the time, when they get into that Duke Carolina, like yeah, it's in a rivalry. Yes, you know, we mm-hmm. talk, joke, come up to each other as players. You know what I'm saying? When, we, when I was in the league, if I was on the team with a person who went to Duke, it was always an automatic bet. Like, I bet you whatever again for this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just one of those things. But I think the the dislike and the anger and all that was amongst the, the fans and the <laughs> students. Like, we we all got along. And then for the most part, we all knew each other since high school or, you know, playing against each other within that basketball realm. Like, we already knew each other. So when we went to college, it was just one of those things where, all right, now we're a rivalry now. We're going to beat y'all when we see y'all. You know, it was just just something that simple. But we still hung out with each other. Mm-hmm. Like Sean Dockery is one of my best friends when we was in college. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like from high school all the way through. So it was just like it was no, it was no bad blood. You know, when we saw each other, it was on. You know, we know once we stepped on that court, you know, we're going at each other. Didn't matter. J.J. Redick, you know, same McDonald's game. We played against each other, had a lot of battles in high school, AAU, camps. But when we stepped on that court, it was, hey, I'm going at you. But when we got off the court, it was love. You know, we was friends. So, you know, that's just, it's just part of it, man. You know, you're going to be competitive. But at the same time, we had a mutual respect for one another when we stepped off the court. Why'd you end up going to UNC? What, what stood out to you? What, being from the Carolinas, being from South Carolina, it was a dream, you know, to, to follow the the GOAT, to follow Michael Jordan. That's the school he went to. And as a kid, just watching Carolina, all the greats come through there, you know, from from my era, you know, my daddy era was James Word, the MJ, you know, mm-hmm. um, Phil Ford, you know, saying Kenny Smith, like, the list goes on, Jimmy Black. Like, I can name a whole bunch of guys, and I'm missing a lot of them that I that's, – that's just – that's just great. I'm missing a whole bunch of them. those are just the, some of the ones that I'm naming right now. Then you go to, you know, my era, what I remember. You know what I'm saying? I remember, you know, that first Carolina team I was watching was Rasheed and them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Rasheed, Jerry Stackhouse. You come in with Twan and Vince. You know, then you got – um. Well, Shaman, Shamon Williams added in with those guys. You know, so I remember the, um, remember a little bit of the 93 championship team, George Lynch, Eric Montrose, you know, Donna Williams and all them, you know, Derek Phelps is the point guard. I remember a little bit of that team, but you know, after that was really when I started to lock in and really watch. You know those guys play and stuff, so I just loved it, man. I just loved those colors. I loved the atmosphere. I just loved the—I don't know. I just loved to the watch them play. It was just an excitement, and I uh, just told myself, man, I wish I can go there one day. I hope I can make it. And then you know, once that dream came true, man, it was just nothing but amazing. Yeah.
0: At what point in your basketball career did you think, oh, I can go pro? Like when did that when did that
1: become like hit your radar? Um. Uh, a fun, a fun fact about me, bro. Like, I came from being ranked nothing to top twenty-five in one summer, and then coming back, and that was going into my junior year, finishing out my junior year, having a great high school season, and then going into the AAU ranks that that summer as one of as one of the top point guards. Not even still considered the top. And then going against, you know, Sean Dockery, Anthony Robeson, a couple of guys who's um ranked before me mm. as um as point guards and just, you know, really just making a statement for myself and end up being considered one of the top three players, top um, top point guard in my in my class. I won the Naismith Award that year as the national player of the year you know, um, number one player in high school, basketball class of 2002. So once that happened and I got a couple of calls, my mom and dad got a couple of calls from some, some agents and, you know, some consideration of some teams and stuff for me to go come straight out of high school. So yeah. I knew because at just, that point. Because, sorry, because at that, just for people listening,
0: the 2005 was last year high school players were yeah. in the draft. Well, um, that was the draft class you were in. So, just for mm-hmm. for folks listening, so that that's the right. time frame. Like high school players, very much in play <laughs> to make the jump into the league. Right. So, like so that yeah. that those types of talks were happening in your household. Like, could what about yeah. going now versus going to college? Right. And
1: my mom shut it down. She was like, <laughs> she was like, no, yeah. you're not ready. You're not mature enough. And you know, I want you to go to college. So, yeah. you know. Back then, I listened to any and everything my mom and them said, you know, my mom and dad, because they never steered me in the wrong direction. So, you know, it wasn't no no fight back was no. I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I want to go to Carolina anyway. So, you know, so um, but um, once I got started getting those type of looks and I was able to be, you know, considered one of the best players. In my class of of 2 being from a small town, being from where I was from in South Carolina, I kind of figured I had a chance, and now it was just all about what I did with the opportunity. Now I feel like I'm on the NBA's radar. Now what you going to do now when you go to college? And I just went to college, bro, and I worked. I worked, I worked, I worked. I, worked. I was a gym rat. I wanted to get better. I was soaking, I was soaking up. You know, when those NBA guys came back in the summertime and played against us and beat up on us, like like I took advantage of all that being around them, talking to them, like just just soaking up the knowledge, man, just soaking up just that opportunity to just, you know, be in their presence because the ultimate goal was to be where they was at. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be like them, you know, just like a little kid in a candy store, just looking up to them like, man, like, man, like I'm trying to get to where you at, what it takes. You know, and I just remember all of them just telling me, man, just just work, just stay in the gym, stay where you at right now, like everything else uh take care of yourself, you know, everything else will come, don't worry about nothing else, just stay in here, just stay in here, so I listened to that man, I did that, so and it paid off, yeah, it did <laughs> <The same place>. <laughs> <laughs> um so 'cause
0: i thank thanks for sharing that it's really cool because I, it also leads into the next thing I want to talk to to you about because mm-hmm. um. In two thousand two, so O two was your is when you graduated high school. Yep. Mm-hmm. So at that time, uh, the Hornets left for New Orleans. So mm-hmm. there was no there's no professional basketball in the Carolinas, right? Mm-hmm. Well, two thousand four is the first year of the Bobcats. Um, Emeka Okafor is drafted. The team goes eighteen and sixty four in their first year in the league. Um, at that point, you're a year away from declaring. Um, what what's going through your mind as like all right so okay there's basketball all of a sudden in north carolina or yeah in uh, north charlotte again you're thinking you're gonna be a pro at some point the idea of playing professional basketball in front of friends and family at home whether it's for the team or like coming and visiting is that on your radar right. i think like oh man this is really cool bobcats are back in, Char- are in charlotte you know there's basketball back in charlotte is, does that cross your mind at all at that point
1: Honestly, bro, I just wanted to get into the NBA. <laughs> I didn't care. I wasn't thinking about none of that. Yeah. Um. So I just wanted to get drafted, just to go through that whole experience, and and, and it was it was everything. I remember it like it was yesterday. You know that that day, step across that stage and shaking David Stern's hand was the day that it changed me and my family's life. So, mm-hmm. um, that was that was the most one of the most memorable moments that I've had in my life in my career, but The day that it was the Charlotte Bobcats that that picked me up, oh man, I was on Cloud Nine. Like, man, I'm staying in the Carolinas and you know, just wanna just coming off a national championship. We ran up the road from Carolina, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it was just, I don't know, it was just like a fairy tale. I just couldn't believe it that I was still staying in the Carolinas with playing professional name? ball with, you know, with my big fella, you know what I'm saying, that, that I was comfortable with, that, you know, we did a lot of, you know, work and damage together in college basketball. So, you know, it was just, I don't know, man, it was just like everything was just perfect. So, you know, my first NBA game, man, I had, I don't know how many buses a load of people come down for where I was from. You know what I'm saying? pretty sure my hometown was empty when nobody did. <laughs> But uh, you know, it was it was it was beautiful, man, to, to be able to do that and then speak to everybody after the game and just you know, look at some of those little kids that that was in those stands at that time and just tell them that, you know, anything is possible. Anything is possible. You know, we come from the same area, we cut from the same cloth, and I did it, so can you. So, you know, that's why I love to see guys like Ja. You know Zion, those guys who grew up in those little small towns, those areas like I did, to see them perform on the level that they perform and doing the things that they're doing, you know, at a at a high level. You know, it just it just makes me smile, man. So what about
0: so you, Sean May, fifth and thirteenth, respectively, in the draft. Marvin Williams goes second in the draft. Rashad McCants goes fourteenth in the draft mm-hmm. for Carolina guys in the lottery. Uh, what was that day like? amongst you guys like are you texting each other like
1: are you you, like what what, what, is a group chat like what's going on what's going on we all sitting in there nervous just like man who is going to get us who's going to pick us up the agent my agent sitting at the table with me I got my mom my dad my two sisters you know we all sitting at the table just itching just nervous and it was like like three teams that could pick me Mm you know it was just like man so you know, first pick, you know, Andrew Bogut, he went to um, Milwaukee, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, oh, okay. Second pick, Margo's, oh, I'm just excited, happy I stand up, you know I'm saying, hug him, congratulations, bro. You know, he went to Atlanta. Third pick, Utah, they picked, Deron, they picked Darren Williams. So, I'm like, all right, cool, that's a point guard, okay, all right, cool. Next next one, New Orleans, you know what I'm saying, they they picked CP. I was like, all right, cool, okay, another point guard, all right. These are two guys that, you know, I was battling with to, you know, get picked. So, all right, cool, they went. So, I'm like, all right, they ain't going to pick three point guards right behind each other. So, I'm thinking, because I knew that the Knicks, and it's just funny that, you know, I end up going to the Knicks after I leave Charlotte. The Knicks had already said they was going to pick me if I was there. I think the Knicks had the seventh pick. Eighth. They ended up with uh, Channing Fry that year, so yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. Players. They they had the eighth pick, so um, I already knew that I was going from. They said I can go from three to ten within that whole. You know, I could go to any team within that. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm I'm going to mix. All right, so I'm just really chilling, mm-hmm. not not really thinking. <laughs> like Charlotte was on my radar. Like I knew Charlotte liked me, mm-hmm. you know. what I'm saying, but I didn't know the interest was that was that high. So when um. When my agent, just right before they they was finna announce him, my agent looked at me and said, Charlotte about to pick you. I said, What? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, for real? So I'm like getting antsy. I'm like, oh man. Like, and then sure enough, David Stern came up there and he he said my name. And I didn't know what to feel. You know what I'm saying? I just hugged my mama first, hugged my daddy. You know what I'm saying? He kinda he kinda held me for a long time. You know, so I almost thought he was about to cry. I'm like, man, don't do this to me on national television, There, We ain't about to do this. You know what I'm saying? We going we gonna smile this one now. We'll cry later. <laughs> but nah, nah, it was it was a beautiful thing, man. I, um and um, then after that happened, you know, then the pick goes down, the shot goes to Minnesota, to shine, you know, then that was exciting to see Shine um gets picked on uh, um, the last pick in the lottery come to the bobcats as well so when he came in the back you know we all hugging, getting getting excited see yeah, we're gonna be together bro so you know it was it was it was it was one of the most memorable moments man that that you know i can't even put into words what it what it felt and how it felt
0: no it's incredible
1: you know um
0: like that that run that team i mean i'll tell you you were there um it was incredible <laughs> to watch as a neutral Because even like at that point, I like for folks a little bit of background about me. Like I was born in St. Louis, kind of grew up around Illinois, and so that Illinois team led by Darren Williams, Luther Head, D. uh, D Brown, like that squad Mm -hmm. really like pulled a lot of because Illinois doesn't have a lot of winning outside of the Bulls. You know, I think the White Sox won the World Series that year too, but. you know, there was like, oh, my God, Illinois has a, like a winner here. The final mm-hmm. four was in St. Louis. So, like, that's a really short drive. And then they run into y'all, man. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you guys, like, oh, man. So it's like all right, everything, all the stars lined up. And it, and it got blocked right by UNC uh, in the title game. Um, but for me, like, I you know, I was a neutral. I was rooting for you guys, can't lie. Like, I, I had no ties to, <laughs> I to, to to UMI or anything like that. But until later, like, I would go to the camp. I didn't go to school there. Um. I have friends that did. I'll go visit. Had a good time. Shout out to Champagne. But uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, like that. That squad was a lot of fun for me to watch from afar. That's one of the right. reasons why. Fast forward uh, to twenty twenty two, doing a podcast with you was wild to me. Uh, still, <laughs> <laughs> it's still like weird how life can go full circle right. sometimes. But no, right. I, thank you. Like, I thank you for doing this podcast with nah, me. And no this problem, is really, man. really cool. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying <laughs> it. So we're, we're continuing down memory lane here. Um, right. This is what happens when uh, there's no. we only have one Hornets game to talk about. We're going down memory lane, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to stick with the UNC connection because okay. in 2008, Larry Brown is hired uh, mm-hmm. by the Bobcats. Uh, what was it like playing for Larry Brown? Uh, what were your thoughts when you first heard about him coming in? And then when you finally got to work with him, uh, what was that like?
1: I mean, to me, man, it was everything. You know, it was everything. It was, it was tough at times because he was just one of those type of coaches. But um love him to death. I love that man to death. And he did a lot for my basketball my my NBA um, career, my NBA basketball game, just you know, reconstructing my mind to think a certain way, you know what I'm saying? Like you have different levels and different coaches that, you know, help you with your game. I had AAU high school, I had college with Coach Williams who who helped shape my game. Then I had, you know, different coaches. Mike D'Antoni, um, Coach Woodson, Mike Woodson, you know, Coach Larry Brown, you know, Coach Rick Carlisle, just different coaches that did certain things to to help shape my game in different ways, mentally, physically, so many things. And then for LB, man, like, you know, I tell this story all the time. Like, I had a amazing game, like, almost like a one rebound, one assist. I can't remember what it was from a triple-double. I'm talking about I was just – just had a great game. This man told me I still don't know how to play the point. So it just bothered me after the game because I'm like, dang, like, we won. I thought I had a great game. Like, man, like, what's, like, what do you mean? So I went into his office the next the next morning before practice, you know, I was like, Coach, can I talk to you? And he was like, yeah, come on in. So, you know, closed the door. I said, man, this bothered me all night, Coach. I couldn't even sleep. I said, what did you mean by that? Like, I said, you told me last night that I didn't know how to play the point. And I'm like, I thought I had a pretty solid game, coach. You know, we won. You know, I, I, my, I thought my numbers was good. My turnover was down. I felt like I ran the team the way that you wanted me to. And he said, son, I love you. Still didn't apologize, now <laughs> by what he said. Just let that be known. He never say sorry. Yep. He said, son, I love you. He said, I just want the best for you. He said, I'm just trying to get the best out of you. He said, I'm going to do it any way I can. And from that point on, I never questioned anything he did, anything he said. I just listened to him, and I felt that. I felt that was real what he said to me. And, and, I, and after, you know, being up on there for those, those years, you know, he did. He meant that. You know, he really was trying to get the best out of me. You know, and, you know, we ended up making the playoffs and, you know, got beat in the first round. But, you know, Charlotte ain't seen the playoffs in a very long time in that city. So, you know, it was exciting. It was fun. You know what I'm saying? It was and it was rocking. You know, every night we played, it was rocking. We had a we had a good team. You had a, you came into Charlotte, you knew you was in the dogfight. You know yeah. you are have to play. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, uh, let's see. I just had the
0: I just had it in front of me. One second here. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so yeah, forty four and thirty eight that year. And that mm-hmm. magic team you guys ran up that team was in the finals. Like
1: that's peak Dwight, man. When Dwight was at the peak of his powers. Um, like get the white Nelson, man. Like yeah. Jameer Jamir was just going crazy, and I'm just like, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at coach, like, man, what you want me to do? <laughs> this man coming off every pick, and he ain't missing. Yeah, like he was just, I was getting hit by picks, trying to fight over the pick, and he was just pulling up, and that rascal was not missing shots. I told him after the series, I said, "Dang, bro, you had to do me like that." I said, "You just ain't gonna miss no shots, huh?" <laughs> but he continued his he continued his rap though, because like you said, they went to the finals. Was that the year he was, got hurt?
0: Uh, so they went, they went to the the when um you guys met him in the playoffs. They were in the finals the previous year, I think. Okay, the, this year. team went to like they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals, um, to the Celtics. I think. Okay, if serves correctly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, they w- went. So yeah, they went. They had they they swept the Bobcats, swept the Hawks, and lost two four to the Celtics, who might have won the. T- Oh they lost to the, they lost to the Lakers in the finals that that uh because that you're talking Ray Allen k G like that squad um mm-hmm. in uh 2010
1: yeah, but yeah, man, eh, <laughs> yeah, that team was loaded <laughs> yeah. that team was loaded um, so, oh go ahead, sorry
0: Now you good, go ahead. No, I was going to say um that same year, um there's an ownership change in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the goat buys <laughs> the Bobcats right sticking with the unc thing did you mm-hmm. ever think you would be playing for a team owned by michael jordan like what, what was that like uh, there was i think earlier in that year some rumors about uh bob johnson selling the team I, mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was like a foregone conclusion that mj was would be the owner but i think february 2010 is when it became official uh so Ooh. from your perspective when, when when you hear like michael jordan's about to buy the bobcats like what's going on like, does that does that enter your <laughs> mind and what
1: what kind of a relationship do you have with MJ? Oh man, that was crazy. You know, obviously, you know, that's, that's, that's family. Yeah. You know, forever, you know what I'm saying? Just off, just Carolina by itself. You know what I'm saying? And just spending that time with him, you know, when I was in Charlotte with the Bobcats, because even before he bought the team, he still was coming around for like those two or three years, especially when Coach Brown got there. Mm-hmm. He really was around as, you know, already as a part owner. And then, you know, being sole owner, you know, in that, um that last year I was there, you know, you know, being the the majority owner. So uh, that was just big for him, big for, you know, his family, his friends, his everybody, you know, and, you know, it was just, it was just amazing, man. And I just hate that, you know, the whole situation went down the the way it did in the off season, which I didn't have no control over, but we ain't going to speak on that, you know, had to fire my agent. That's all all I'm going to say in that situation. The the off season that led to you leaving and going to New York? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but things happen. You know, I love New York, too. You know, things was, was amazing there. I can't, I can't complain at all. Mm-hmm. Um, So I can't really say anything negative. You know what I'm saying? I still get a lot of love in New York and, you know, love those days that I had there. But uh, I probably should have never left Charlotte, though. You know, it was just one of those situations where it was bad communication from my agent. And, yeah, needless to say, I got him out of there. Understandable. <laughs>
0: yeah, Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> but at that time was, um, I mean, listen, if, if this is, if you don't want to say, I picture M- Michael Jordan in 2010 still thinking he can still play, uh, can lace him up
1: and getting out onto the court. Would oh, man, know? I got a picture of me playing against a one-on-one. Nice. Yeah, I got a picture of that, man. We all, it was me, him, Jerome Wallace. Uh, man, who else was out there? I wanna say uh was it Steven Jackson? Oh man. It was uh, it was a couple of us out there. We was just playing one on one. You know, you know, everybody wanted that chance to go at MJ, you know what I'm saying, guard him <laughs> or play or oh, try to score on him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, it was it was fun, man. It was fun. He still had that competitive spirit. I think he beat us too. Oh, and that that's that's the crazy thing. I think he I think he beat us. I can't remember though. Yeah. But I think he beat us. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really <laughs> yeah. yeah no, nah, that was not that was a moment right there to play one on one versus Michael Jordan. Like yeah. that was, that was everything. And I have a picture of that. I would never lose that picture. Oh man,
0: because um, <laughs> I remember. So um, this past offseason, Kelly Oubre gave an interview talking about the first time he met Michael Jordan. Like after mm-hmm. he signed with the Hornets, and the very first, like MJ, according to Kelly Oubre, MJ met him for the first time and immediately start, started talking trash to him. <laughs> like, mm. so I obviously never met him. I feel, you know,
1: we hear the stories, the competitiveness, oh, I, yeah, I, that, that, that never leaves. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's probably true because he was talking so much junk to us that day to the point where I think he came in the gym and then he came back dressed to play. Because like, he was just talking junk. And we told him, go lace it up there. Come on back out here. And sure enough, he went in the back, came back in the gym. He was ready to play one on one. I said, "Oh man, oh. here we go." <laughs> nah, It was fun though. Oh man, I love fun. it. It was fun.
0: I love it because I feel like he was like, All right, if anyone dares, I'm ready. Like I bet he was like ready to go at man. any point. Tell you, man, it was fun though. <laughs> excellent, excellent, awesome. No, this is cool. I, I, I like, I like the change of pace. of Going of, <laughs> diving back into like the history of, of. of Charlotte basketball and and your playing career. Um, So, yeah, thanks for sharing all that stuff. That was really really cool. No problem, man. No problem. No problem. All right. So uh, just to put a bow on things, as we talked about at the top of the podcast, Hornets play the Nets tomorrow at 7 p.m. Very big game. Big time. Eastern Conference um, standings, ramifications for that. Uh, Hornets have a lot to prove. The rest of the way, I'm think -hmm. i confident the way this team has been playing post-All-Star, we can get there. I think we can get there. Um, You know, the—what we're saying. So the Hornets at the moment, 32 wins, 33 losses. The Cavs, five games ahead in the win column, maybe a little too ambitious, but the Raptors at the seventh seed, two games in the win column away from them. Who knows, man? Anything can happen. A lot of basketball left to be played, and this Hornets team's getting healthy. Hayward's going to be back on the court sooner than later, so— we get, to, we get to see this team at full strength. Finally. Finally. Hopefully there's enough games left to really make <laughs> it a difference. Like, sure, him coming back with one game left would be great, helpful, but it would be really nice to get him before April. Knock no on wood for that. Yeah, at least 10 games. Yeah, at, at least, least. At least 10 games. At, at least. least 10 Because, like, last year, man, if, if the Hornets won the play-in, he was going to be ready to play in the playoffs. Mm. Like, that's how close the timing was. For right, his injury, right. so hopefully we can we can flip that around. He can be back for this final <laughs> stretch, and we have him for the play in this time around because we'll need him. Um, we're gonna end yeah. up in some playing like we play. The East is crazy. Um, I don't want to. Totally. I can remember a time when the East was this competitive. And yeah. as a fan, as as a fan, like it's it's what you want. Like it's gonna go wire to wire, and no easy games the rest of the way. So
1: make sure you don't miss it hey for real all you Charlotte fans all you Charlotte fans out there need y'all to go to the arena tomorrow go support those guys man be in that building be loud for them get them going you know it's a really big game for them man I need y'all to go out there and support them not just from the TV we need you to look at look at it from the TV screen too but I need y'all to go in that building we need to be loud in there tomorrow night
0: yes yeah We this, this is our job it's your job as fans <laughs> to get this place going you know we need that Need, need that, need that. Well, uh, Raymond, thank you so much as always. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by Bet Online. We'll talk to you next week.